Hello there, welcome Mrs. Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. We're going through our Christmas message here and we welcome you here. Um, Christmas, what's it all about for the Christian um, is what we're going to talk about. And so, first of all, we want to go to uh, Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. And we're going to talk about redeemed, what the word redeemed means. Um, but before we go there, let's read um, the text. It says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. So the word redeemed actually means to buy back and then set free. God purchased us through the death of his Son. And because of the blood of Jesus, we have been bought back. Many people were made sinners because of one man did not obey. Um, Romans 5.19 But one man did obey, and that is why many people will be made right with God. You know, Jesus was, a lot of times we think, well, the new covenant starts with the birth of Jesus. And... Uh, and some might say, well, no, that's not the new covenant. The new covenant starts um, when Jesus actually picks the disciples. And then some will say, no, the new covenant actually starts at Matthew's gospel. You see, because Matthew says the New Testament. And so there's a lot of confusion there. If we don't understand this, if we read that text um, in context very carefully, it says that Jesus was actually born, and that's in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, when we started out. It says, God sent his son, born of a woman, speaking of Mary, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. So Jesus was born under the law, you see. And so that's the thing we want to take a look at. So set free. When we think about set free, what does that mean? Well, it means to have been given the right to be called children of God. And we're in right standing with God now through Christ. At the moment of our conversion, when we're placed in Christ, we are made right with God. And we're loved unconditionally by Him. This has nothing to do with performance or behavior. That's what it truly means to be set free, folks. Ephesians 1, 7 tells us, In him, speaking of in the person of Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Okay. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, 14 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, whom, who purchased our freedom and forgave all of our sins. So, question, what were we rescued from? Answer, for he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Remember, before Christ, we were in Adam's sinners, considered to be darkness. Where, where were we transferred to at conversion? Well, we were he's transferred us into the kingdom of, of his dear son. See, and that's where we get no longer um, in him, John 1, 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. So remember, Christ is our wisdom now. At conversion, the Holy Spirit united us into Christ Jesus. 
For our benefit, Christ has become wisdom itself. He made us right with God, and he makes us holy and sets us free. Now, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of the Son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. That's Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. So where did God send the spirit of his son? Answer, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Who are we now? Answer, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. What has God made us? Well, answer, God has made us heir. An heir. Reminds me of a the privilege of being born into a family we did not deserve. Conclusion, knowing we have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus and have been set free from the law of sin and death enables us to enjoy the riches of God's grace. So in light of the fact that we have been redeemed, it just doesn't make sense to go back to our lives of bondage. This has been the first part of five Christmas messages. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brad Grace teaching here. What is universalism? You know, that's a, that's a topic we're going to be talking about today. First of all, universalism is the belief that everyone will be saved. You know, there are many people today who hold to universal salvation and believe that all people eventually end up in heaven. Of course, where there is error, we want to bring truth. Universalism um, believe Jesus uh, did not claim to be God. Um, and that his teachings did not even, um, did not suggest the existence of a triune being or a tri triune God. Well, we want to back up this, you know, um, with truth. John eight fifty eight. This is where Jesus actually was proclaiming to be the I am God, and uh, he said uh, in his own words to the Pharisees uh, in the day, the religious Pharisees. He said, "I tell you, before Abraham was even born, I am." And so, what he's saying there by by that quote, he's stating, "Look, this is a fact." That I am God. That's that's what he's claiming um, there, and that of course got him persecuted, got him nailed to a cross. Of course, they said that was blasphemy, but uh, nevertheless, he speaks the truth. Um, Colossians two um, nine and ten, um, we see there that uh, the apostle Paul is actually going to talk about the uh, Trinity, uh, um, one God, three functions. And, of course, I'm, I'm looking at the New Living Translation. For in Christ, all the fullness of God lives in a human body. And so keep in mind that if you're in Christ today, that the good news is um, you have one God in you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three functions. And so that's what Paul's referring to. He says that's why in Colossians 2.10, he says, And you are complete through your 
union with Christ. And some translations say that you are fulfilled um, <clears throat> in him. And so what that means is um, you have all of God in you if you're in Christ. And so remember, there's one God, three functions. And so that what, that's what makes us complete with God. We uh, have God completely in us. Um, another way to look at that. Um, a key verse I wanted to take a look at was 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22 and 23. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22 and 23. We read, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Keep in mind what uh, the Apostle Paul says here. He says, if you're in Adam, you're dead spiritually. We have Romans 5.12 as a reference to back that up. But each in turn, in Christ, um, all will be made alive. And so we know Ephesians 2.1 in the Amplified tells us that you, speaking of the body of Christ, in Christ, you he made alive when you were dead in your transgressions and sins. And keep in mind, so folks, uh, those who belong to Christ, okay, those are the saved. Remember, Ephesians 2 8 is a great reference verse. Though we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, it's a gift from God. And so Paul is saying only those who belong to Christ will be saved, you see. Another, uh, Universalism says that everyone is a child of God. And, and so, of course, that's air. So where there's air, we want to bring truth. Truth is, John 1.12 says, To all who receive him, to them who believed in his name, Jesus Christ, God's given us the right to be called children of God. Universalism, um, universal, universalism excuse me, says everyone is made alive in Christ. Well, that's that's not the truth. Of course, we're going to read from Romans 5.12. I gave you that as a reference earlier. But let's go ahead and read that in the NIV version. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, the death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. When Paul says death came to all people, he's talking about when we're all born into this world before Christ, in Adam, sinner, deader to a sack of hammers, spiritually dead, folks. And what do spiritually dead people need? Well, we need life in Christ. So there's two people in this world. There's two different types of people. There are those in Christ, and there are those that are not. Okay? <clears throat> Um, universalism says everyone is right with God. Is that true? Of course not. <clears throat> we have scripture to back that up. Where there is error, we want to bring truth. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is no one righteous. No, not even one. So the Apostle Paul is referring to those who are not in Christ in the context there. If you're not in Christ, you're not right with God. Very simple. The word righteous in the Hebrew language means to be right with God. Okay? And so we know God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, he famously stated, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, in the end, thy will be done. Be encouraged. God bless.
Hello, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. We're talking about the gospel, which means good news of the new covenant. The writer of Hebrews in 9 verse 22 writes and says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Now, folks, under the old covenant, we have to remember that there was bulls and goats, and they offered these sacrifices, these the shedding of blood of bulls and goats were every year. It went on again and again. Every year, uh, a person would put their head on the, the bull or goat, and of course, their buddy would sacrifice the animal. And that would, the shedding of blood would take care of those sins. But they, again, it was uh, every year they had to do this. So it would cover their past sins. And keep in mind, it was an atonement. It was like a covering. It just covered them for that year. But next year, they would have to come back and, and do it all over again. This uh, continued on. Remember, the old covenant forgiveness was um, where man reached up to God through self-effort in hopes of gaining his forgiveness. Okay? Now... <clears throat> If Christ had not shed his blood, um, there would be no forgiveness of sins. But because of the shedding blood of Jesus, our past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. Okay, so the new covenant forgiveness, folks, was final and unconditional. It's based on what Jesus Christ has done. Okay, even John, he gets the people's attention and he speaks up and he says behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the whole world the lamb of god who shed his blood for the sins of all people ephesians 1 7 tells us it's god is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins remember the new covenant forgiveness is in the past tense meaning God forgave our sins. It's a done deal through the blood of Jesus. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Condemnation in the Greek language means it's, the word is krino, and its meaning is to judge. Okay, Condemnation actively pronounces a person guilty. You see? And so remember, Jesus Christ was judged on that cross for all of us. He was condemned for everyone. He took all of our sins. And today, in Christ, child of God, you are a forgiven person. Walk in your freedom and enjoy the grace of God. Thank you. God bless.